Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. So joining me on the line now is Paul Ryder. Hey, Paul. Hey, how you doing? Good, happy thanks. Sunday. I, uh, happy Sunday to you too. Jesus, that's very cheerful now that tomorrow's Monday, isn't it? I know, do you know what though? I'm I'm a like I take Mondays off. So to me, this is like my Saturday. This is my weekend. So I'm off tomorrow. So for people going back to work, I'm sorry, but I'll be in bed. <laughs> it's well for some, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, come here. We work hard enough. We have to take the time off when we can get it. No, you're right. In fairness, I've always said that I'd rather have because when we were in college, one year we had a Friday off, one year we had a Monday, and I always said I'd much rather have a Monday off because it just seems to set your week up better. Yeah, and everyone's going back to work and you kind of, you, you can take the time while everyone's kind of stressing and running around and drinking 16 coffees in the one go. Like you can just be like, well, I'll just go into the week nice and easy. So, and like you say, starting the week off on a good note is always the best way to be. 100%. Right. So Paul, for anyone listening, and I'm sure like so many people probably know you by now, obviously you were on Ireland's Got Talent. I was. I, I was. was actually... I was contestant two years ago. I was actually um, working on it. I was working on the the kind of what oh, what's the word that I'm looking for when you're like going to see if you're going to get through the auditions. I was working on the auditions oh, when you were on it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like they were the most terrifying like couple of days of my life. Like I. I like even going for this because when you become a performer and when you you book your own work and you know you do stuff like that you're you don't put yourself up for judgment so when you put yourself up for judgment through people who kind of know what they're talking about it is the most terrifying experience and those audition days were so terrifying because your fate lies in the hands of four people and you don't know what it's going to be like and because I'd never done a competition thing I was literally like oh god this could end me within an inch of my life like in the next in the next 24 hours luckily those audition days both of them went really really good in my in my estimations and and I ended up in the live semis yeah no that that was amazing because that was something I wanted to touch on with you because I know that when I was researching you online there were so many articles being like the controversy after you didn't get through to the finals everyone felt like you kind of got robbed of a place I think I did like looking back in it now and now that you know that the it's been announced that it's not coming back for a third season I'm kind of more open to 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 be like yeah like at the time it was a massive massive kick in the head you know from being from being put on such a pedestal to from the judges and from like standing ovations with the audience because those are those are sorts of things that you look for when you're doing a performance like that so when they rose kind of like in the in the helix I was delighted and you kind of you don't you don't get cocky about it but you get a little bit of confidence to kind of go well no matter what happens here I did my best and the audience liked it uh, and that sort of thing and then to not get through I kind of was just so happy that I'd done it and that I'd been so well received and you know, then there was all the tips about the wild card and getting the wild card and every single judge bar one had gone to the press to be like, Paul gets the wild card, Paul gets this. So much so that like I had my bags packed, like my bags were packed to go into rehearsals. I was kind of like ready to go just to be on that safe side. I think that was the biggest knock of the whole thing was when that call didn't come. 
kind of that morning to say, okay, you're going to go. Because my idea, my idea for the final was Whopper. I was so raging that I didn't get to do it. I know. And for anyone listening that may have not been tuning in, can you just explain in like your own words what the act was? So I'm a drag performer, um, but I don't wear the wigs. I don't kind of pad a bra. I, I, I sing live as well. I always kind of thought that if I'm going to sing live as a drag performer, put, putting a wig on and calling myself like, you know, Shirley Sparkles isn't going to look the best when I open my mouth and I sound like a big man from Tala. So I always thought it's best to kind of keep it that androgynous character that sings live. And, you know, I'm a dabbler in the drag industry, but now I just kind of say drag queen, drag performer. You can call me anything once you're giving me a check at the end of it, realistically. Yeah, that's fair. I remember seeing you walk in in those heels and I was like, oh my God, I can't even walk in heels. How was he doing that? Ah, they're the comfy heels. They're the dancing heels. You don't want to see the ones that I wear for like, if I'm only in drag for an hour or something like that, they're they're, they're a lot bigger and a lot pointier. But uh, you have to to find your way in your shoe and you have to make sure you know what's good for you, I suppose. Of course. So how did you find a whole experience from start to finish? Like, I can't imagine what it's like to be a contestant on a show like that. Um, I think I took everything... I think I took everything at face value. Everyone's like, oh God, it was such a whirlwind and I don't remember anything and I don't remember this, this and this. I really, because I've kind of been in this performance industry for a long, long time, I knew that this could be the only chance I ever get to do something like it. So between like random like stuff, like I remember walking from the Lewis to rehearsals and kind of taking everything in and being in the rehearsal room and then moving to the Helix and standing on stage and, you know, our stage manager, Janine, who, you know, is like one of the best in the business and kind of going, okay, listen to what she has to say. And all that sort of stuff, I kind of took it in. I had a really weird conversation with Louis Walsh, who was very supportive at the time. I remember every single word of that because it was one of the best experiences of my life. And I don't think anything will top it. Um, Not yet anyway, but here's to the future. Here's hoping for the future. But I did take everything in knowing that this could be the last time you get to do something like this. So and I'm still very, very grateful. And I'm still I still if the brand was to come back or if something along the same lines was to come back, I would say get out and do it. If you think you you can manage it and you can work hard, then get out and do it. 100% 100% true. Look, that's the best way to look at it, isn't it? So come here to me. In in regards to the drag scene in Ireland in general, have you seen a big change over the last, let's say, five years? Of course. Us men in dresses are getting on the television and people are taking notice of what drag is as an art and it's not become this this underground kind of, you know, weird, you know, freak and geek sort of situation. Drag is now mainstream. It's, you know, I'm on drag on national television and doing gigs like Culture Night for RTE and, you know, being on being on different radio shows and stuff like like this, this show, you know, talking about drag. We weren't that person, you know, five, four or five years ago. Now, everybody, everybody wants to see a drag queen because it's another it's another form of entertainment and entertainment is something that will never go away because people always need to be made laugh or to be bedazzled by whatever's on the stage. So. I think we're we're really kind of transcending into a world where drag is just becoming a new normal. Yeah, no, 100%. Do you think that there still needs to be more changes made, though? Because I feel like when I was out for Pride, I was like, this is amazing. Never seen so much support. But then I'm like, Shireen, you're coming from the angle of all your friends are very like you. So I've, I, like, I can no longer see the other side to it if there is another side. I think I know what you're saying. I think that pride, especially in Dublin, has become more family orientated and not even in Dublin, around around the country. I'm blessed enough to be able to go to do like Cork Pride, go with Pride, you know, Sligo, Mayo, all these sort of different places. And the difference is now is that it's not just a load of gays in the street screaming and then going to drink vodka for the rest of the night. It's literally a family orientated event. Um 
based around what we're trying to speak about for the future and for the rights and for the the different things that we don't have, you know, for our trans brothers and sisters, for our bi bisexual brothers and sisters. So it's still very much a protest, but it's it's now spreading across the board and, you know, local media and mainstream media are now covering these events. And for us, that's such a fantastic, us as a community, that's such a fantastic thing. But it's not just for the gays because everything fits into a bracket now and everybody's a part of that bracket. So there's so many different letters in the LGBTQI plus, you know, situation that it's for everybody. Pride is for everybody. But we are still fighting to kind of to, to find those rights that we need. Yeah, no, definitely. I We actually had someone on and they were, um, I was like, please excuse my ignorance, but there's so many letters. I don't know what's happening in the world anymore. And I was like, and I don't want to offend anyone. And they were like, yeah, there's A now. So you're actually part of it because you're an alliance. And I was like, what the hell? Like, who invents these? I I don't know. And even as even as a homosexual gentleman myself, I still can offend people by accident by, you know, I'll say, oh, are you gay? And they'll go, oh, no. Like, and they'll get offended because I've, I've automatically kind of, you know, established them as just being gay. They could be, you know, Q, I, A, they could be whatever part of whatever part of the world they want to be. And I think that sometimes we get a bit too bogged down on on letters and on how we are. But I think that everybody has, like I said, everybody has where they want to sit. And once they're comfortable and they're happy, I think that we should all just be happy for them. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that, definitely. And someone was, was once telling me about um, this whole concept of the drag king. Yeah, oh God. but you see, this is the thing. There's there's drag queens, which is obviously the, the bigger of the, of the beast. There's drag kings, which is obviously a man who dresses as a woman. So she'll like strap down her her breasts she'll put on a mustache and she'll perform and i think you know you've got a faux queen or bio queen which is a woman who wants to dress and drag and perform as a drag queen and this is what michelle visage said when it was ireland's got talent and it was me and to be honest with you she gave me a bit of a push because so many of my own peers for years wouldn't wouldn't take me serious in my style of drag and you know michelle said drag is for everybody drag is not just what you see on rupaul's drag race it's it's me it's it's all the different styles of performance so we're all in drag we're all born we're all naked and the rest is drag as rupaul says yeah i know i know but i've never actually seen a drag king so if i wanted to become a drag king Mm. What what would I do? What would you do? You, you'd, first of all, you'd have to study. You'd have to like find your character. So like I'm Paul Ryder, but when I step into the heels and step into the makeup, like I'm Paul Ryder. Do you know what I mean? So yes. it is it is a different it is a different beast. So I think you first like you need to research who influences you and what influences your style of drag, and then it's a case of you know finding your finding your different style, what you'd like to wear, what your character will wear, the the sort of performance you would put on in your character. It's all about it's all about finding who you are as a performer and then trying to separate it. That's the worst. Trying to separate it from your normal life to your to your kind of character because I think you do need to, otherwise the lines get a bit blurred and you just, you know, it can all get a bit messy. Of course, you know, I never really thought about it like that. And then do you remember a few months back there was kind of like this whole epidemic over getting uh, gender neutral bathrooms? Like is that still yes. is, is that still even a thing? Um yeah, like it's still a thing from the point of view of people feeling comfortable in the in the situations that they are and I do a lot of college work and I now I see so much more like gender neutral bathrooms and even in like clubs around the country um you see you see gender neutral bathrooms and the great thing we did love sensation this year and for the first time which was a festival that happened in the Royal Hospital Kilmainham which was put on by Mother Club in Dublin 
And for the first time ever, when you're walking through the gates and through the security check, you could decide whether you wanted to go to a, a female or a male security guard as to who was going to like check you, which was something that, you know, as a country is the first of its kind. And I think that people do still need to feel comfortable. And it's not up for me or for you to decide. It is completely up to that person to decide how comfortable they feel in their own gender and and where they sit in a spectrum. 100% I just I remember when we were um, Gavin was actually the presenter of the show and I was producing at the time and I remember we did a whole topic on the gender neutral bathrooms thing and I think it was like UCD or something wanted to get rid of all the bathrooms and make them all gender neutral and I was mm. like I'm all for it but my only issue with it was was the thought of having to open a tampon with a group of men in the bathroom ah. and no but I'm being serious it brought me back to when I was in primary school and I'd be there like opening my little like pad with like as quiet as I could in case there's a boy next door but I think that's the only thing that I was like oh there's just some lady things that like you know I I don't know if I could do with some macho men hanging around I know that I know that with every gender neutral bathroom in the building there's going to be you know your own your own like gender bathroom so like if you didn't want to use the the GN bathroom, you could go to the female bathroom, which is probably like a couple of a couple of floors down or, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I think that I, I understand where you're coming from. But I think at the end of the day, like I wouldn't care. I'd be like, I'd probably have one in my bag and be like, here, do you want to use this one instead? Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, but I understand it is, like I said, though, it, that's how you feel about the situation and you're totally entitled and into your rights and opinions of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I think that that's something that... um has almost kind of like gotten lost in this whole movement, haven't, hasn't it? Because I followed this um, lesbian YouTuber, Ariel. I don't know, like I'm sure you've heard of her. She's a huge yeah, 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 yeah. And she was getting like absolutely slated. I think she came out with some sort of statement saying that um, something to do how she wouldn't get with a transgender woman if they weren't post-op or something like that. And like all of a sudden everyone was like homophobe. And she was like, I'm the gayest person <laughs> I, on the planet. That's what I was... That's what I was saying earlier on about the, the blurred lines in situations. And sometimes I say I get in trouble, you, you know, with certain organizations for the, saying the wrong thing. But it's it is all about how you feel about the situation and how what your opinion of it is. And, and I don't feel like we should be pushed into dealing with everybody's everybody's different kind of qualms. And like, I don't have the same opinions as as a lot of other people. So. I feel that sometimes we can get a bit like, oh, let's jump on her because she said the wrong thing. But that's. Th- that's society in general nowadays. That's nothing to do with us being LGBTI or Q or T or whatever. That is just society in general. It takes one wrong word for the whole nation to jump on somebody and to latch on to the badness that they said and forget about the, the hundred good, 101 good things they said in, in their previous interviews. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's something that if you even are going to step set foot in the public eye, you need to you need to realise that. Oh yeah, no, 100%. We love to moan as a generation, that is for Especially sure. Especially the Irish. The Irish are <laughs> the worst. We are the typical granny in the in like the middle Ireland being like, "No, don't like her now. She said the wrong thing." Do you know what I mean? We're dying to we're dying to reef the head off somebody for saying the wrong words. Yes, no, definitely. And what was love sensation like? I, oh my I, god. I was meant to go when I couldn't. I was gutted. Well, shame on you because you missed the best weekend. It was like another Pride, but it was so much fun. I missed the Saturday because I was in Galway Pride uh, doing an event. So I came back on the Sunday and I was hung over kind of on the Sunday anyway, right? And then you walk into Love Sensation and then you realise the whole festival's hung over. And it was beautiful. It was 
it was so well self-contained. It was so well run. It was so it was so inclusive. It was it was just such a brilliant, brilliant weekend. And even with the, like the slight bits of rain that happened on the Sunday, nobody cared. You just got in. You got wet. You got mucky. You did your gig. You had a few drinks, and you had an absolute ball. I know it's coming back for next year, and I literally have said to myself, need to block book the whole weekend off. I want to like stay close to the to the site because it was just so much fun and like such amazing names. So I can only imagine what they're going to do for their headliners for next year. Oh God, yeah, I remember seeing the lineup and I was like, oh my God, this is not a small little festival. Like there is no. legit and names think, at it. I think that everybody, again, typical Irish thing. I think everyone who didn't go was like, ah, oh, yeah, like I'll have a look. And I think everyone got FOMO by after day one because it was so much fun. So I think that next year, expect Low Sensation to be bigger and better than ever. 100% because I know that I was sitting there being like god damn it I wish I was yes. <laughs> so and we and we all get to go home as well we don't have to because I, I I was offered to work at like Body and Soul I was offered to work at Electric Picnic this year and I have to say no because I am the snobbiest like bitch alive I have to like be in my own bed and like you know not live in a tent so love sensation we all get to go home and go to our beds I only was only uh, chatting to one of my co-workers about that when I came in because he was at EP and I was like, that would be my worst nightmare because if I don't sleep, I get like, I actually get like aggressive and narky. Yeah, I did it for four years. I was, I performed at it for four years uh, with some friends of mine and it was the best bit of crack ever. But nowadays I'm like, oh no, baby, no. I'm happy to, I'm happy to watch from the, 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 the comfort of my couch. Oh God, yes, yes. So you're obviously doing like a million things at the minute, but wh- where is all this leading? Like, what is your ultimate goal? Well, I kind of transcended a little bit into television and a bit of radio work this year, which has been an absolute highlight. I've been a regular for certain Virgin Media television shows in the last kind of couple of months and even doing some contribution on other bits. And I think to, I think just to keep that little dream alive, like I run a dance school in, in, in Dublin which is kind of a big passion for me. I choreograph and work with, you know, the Cheerios Panto every year, which I'm back again this year. Um, I'm one of those, I'll dip my hand in anything once it's going to keep me happy and keep me working. But the ideal dream would be kind of that radio television, that radio television side of things. But I understand how hard that is to work in. But you know what, though? I'm, I'm a grafter. I'll get in, I'll do it. And all the while, keeping up the ability to perform at every event I, I can do and do as much as I can with my drag and with my own kind of career. Of course. Well, best of luck with it all, Paul. And thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan.